Alright, praise the Lord. So we are looking at fellowship today. Um, I pray the Lord will uh, edify us greatly in Jesus' name. So, um, introduction, we'll just go through the introduction and then we'll go into the study. We have quite a lot. And so, we trust God to speak to us. Um, let me just read the introduction then. Or we'll start from what does fellowship involve? Uh, what does fellowship involve? So, right from the beginning, uh, right from the beginning, so maybe you can, since uh, maybe you can uh, borrow one, something or okay. somebody doesn't have it. Yes. So, you can use this one temporarily while we get. Uh, okay. Okay, you have one before. Okay. Alright, right from the beginning, man was created for fellowship. You know, from Genesis, uh, God, in the scripture says, God will comes to the garden of Eden in the cool of the evening and then to commune with the man, Adam. Okay, so God is the author of fellowship. Okay, God is the author of fellowship. He wants to have fellowship with man. And that's that's the reason he created, main reason he created man, to have fellowship with man, to share himself you know, with man. So, apart from the fellowship with God, man is also expected to fellowship with each other. So, now, children of God, God also expects us to fellowship among ourselves. And as we gather and fellowship among ourselves, the most important thing is also that he is there, as we will look at it later on. You know, God also noticed that. It's not just your fellowship with God alone. At the time, God now saw that it is not good for the man, Adam, to be alone. And so God says he's going to um, make and help meet for him. And that purpose, the purpose was so that the man will not be alone. We have a companion. So God also was the first person that instituted fellowship among men, you know. Praise the Lord. So God is the author of fellowship. God is as fellowship between man and himself and between among men with him. Okay, so even after they fall, some men, you know, we still see men still gathering together for Bordeaux, for some for good purposes and even some for um, rebellious purposes like we saw in Genesis 11 when people gathered together, they wanted to build a tower. So, well, that's a form of fellowship that God was not there. So, God had to scatter them. So, the most important thing when we talk about Christian fellowship now is that Christ is there. And that's what makes it Christian fellowship. Praise the Lord. Now, when the church started after the day of Pentecost, you see that in Acts 2.42. And that Acts 2.42 shows that there were four major activities. We are still going to read the Bible. Look at it. This is just an interruption. That there were four major activities on which the church too, that the church were practicing. So the Bible says the believers, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So we saw that they were given to the teaching of the word of God. Apostles' doctrine, which is also the doctrines of Christ. And then fellowship. And then the Bible says there were also there was also breaking of bread. 
and then prayer. So they continued in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. So without this, all these four ingredients, at least all these four ingredients, we cannot say that there is a proper local assembly or fellowship. So, so coming immediately after apostles' doctrine, we, which teaches us how things ought to be done, is fellowship. So fellowship, the doctrine teaches us how we should live our life, how a Christian life should be. Then, according to the manual, following that is fellowship. And it is in that fellowship that all other activities like praying, even studying scriptures together, singing, worshiping God together takes place. And even the breaking of bread. Praise the Lord. So without fellowship, for instance, there cannot be breaking of bread or congregational prayers. Is that not so? All right. Praise God. So first we need to note that, yes, you as an individual, as a child of God, you must on your own fellowship with God. And it does not stop there. We must also know that it is the will of God that we gather together as children of God to fellowship with God. Praise the Lord. So now, let's go into the study points now. What does fellowship involve? What does fellowship involve? Now, number one, let's open to Hebrews 10, 25, and someone to Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Hebrews 10, 25. If you are there, you can read for us. And Matthew 18, 20. If you are there. So look at what does fellowship involve. What does fellowship involve? If you are there, you can read any of those scriptures. Hmm? Yes, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. As in your mind, in your mind. Hebrews 10, 25. Meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day of creation. Not giving up, what, what is it? Not, not giving up meeting together. Not giving up meeting together. I think that's another version there. So, yes, not giving up meeting together. KJV and most other versions says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Praise God. So, fellowship involves assembling ourselves together, meeting, coming together. So, it is important that we come together. Okay, let's look at uh, Matthew 18 20. For where two or three are scattered to put up in my name, where am I in the midst of them? Who was talking there? Jesus Christ. Jesus. It says, Where two or three are gathered together. In my name. And what happens there? Praise the Lord. That's what completes the fellowship. So we see that people must gather together in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus will be there. Praise the Lord. Now, do we notice that's number one thing that fellowship involves? So it says not forsaking the assembling. Do you notice that? It's not, not forsaking the assembly. Do we notice that those of us uh, taking KJV, not forsaking the assembling, not assembly. Assembly, you just gather together. So assembling means it is a continuous thing. Praise the Lord. In fact, later on, we will see in Hebrews chapter 3 that the scripture says this assembling 
in one way or the other, interacting with believers unto God, with God, should be a daily affair. And we are going to look at that later. So, fellowship, in, well, that does not mean that we should come to church every day. So that's not what I'm saying. So, but we'll come to that later. So, fellowship involves assembling ourselves together. So, number two, Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.19. Somebody can read that. And then you can share to us what the scripture is saying from there. Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.19. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, thinking with grace in your heart to the Lord. Okay, thank you very much. Ephesians 5.19, that's uh, Colossians. So Ephesians 5.19, almost the same thing, yes? If you are there, you can. Praise the Lord. So from this scripture, so what can you see there that fellowship involves? Yes? Yes? Communication, okay. Communication, which form of communication? Sharing the word of God, yes. Praise the Lord. So, we also see that fellowship involves sharing the word and edifying one another. And so there are several ways we can edify one another. In the, so one of that is singing psalms and hymns with grace in our hearts to to the Lord, not to ourselves. So that's very, very important, but let me not go uh, in detail into that. So, those are ways by which we get edified. Sharing the word of God, then singing psalms and hymns of praise, of worship to God, to the Lord. It is when we sing to the Lord, that is when we get edified. But not to ourselves. There are several songs we sing that those songs are to ourselves. They are not to the Lord. They are not directed to God. Okay. For instance, there is a difference between um, we give you praise or we lift your name higher. Lord, we lift your name higher. You know that one is directed to God. Is that not so? It's different from me, I know go so far. I know go beg for bread. You know, that one is just about yourself. Praise the Lord. So that kind of song will not edify. Praise the Lord. So when we come together, our fellowship is unto the Lord. So we share in the word of God and edify one another. Praise the Lord. Then fellowship also involves praying. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. They all join together constantly in prayer along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his Okay. Praise the Lord. Yes, so that's uh, the, uh, the disciples, the Bible says they were in one accord in prayers. So fellowship also involves praying. Now, number four, fellowship involves giving, giving. Um, so we just take some scriptures here. We may not read everything, but let's look at John 3, 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. So everybody should at least know that scripture. So God 
was the one that instituted giving. He was the one that he showed us example. So he gave out of love because he loved. So for God so loved the world that he gave. Praise the Lord. So fellowship also involves loving and giving. So we also see the apostles practice that in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 45. Let's read that. Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. So, then, uh, okay, I think we should stop there. Um, we see that genuine Christian fellowship involves sharing. Not just the Word of God, even the Word of God will teach us how to show love and compassion for one another. Praise the Lord. So our fellowship does not just end in just reading the Bible, sharing scriptures, praying, and everybody share grace. The only thing we share is grace. Whereas some people will now go, they, they don't have money, they are hungry, so they now go home hungry after sharing grace. Praise the Lord. It is not supposed to be. Beyond that, the word of God teaches us that if there is anyone that is in need among us, the person, we should extend the love of Christ to that person. Whatever they need, maybe material need and all of that. That is what the early church practiced, and we see that. So that is an important ingredient of fellowship. Praise the Lord. So, however, we must know the order. Some people should not... Fellowship, the, the focus of fellowship is not so that, oh, we can come and share a bag of rice together. No, it's beyond that. We know the foundation. The foundation is that we are here to learn the ways of God. And part of learning the ways of God is... You know, sharing what God has put in our care to others. Praise the Lord. Um, let's just take... Um, okay, so number five. What does fellowship involve? Being your brother's keeper. All right. Genesis 4.9 and Galatians 6.1-2. Yeah, there you can read. In the Lord said unto Cain, Okay. This is keeper of thy brother. Okay. And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Okay. Now, Galatians 6, 1 to 2. I will give room for us to contribute from that scripture. What do we see that fellowship involves? Galatians 6, 1 to 2. Praise the Lord. So let me give the room. So when we see, we see the scriptures, from that scripture, what do we see as an important constituent of fellowship? Correction in love. Yes. That's important. Correction in love. In the spirit of meekness. Okay, good. Yes, any other? From Genesis 419. To care for one another. rather. To care. To care for one another. Caring for one another. Okay. Yes, any other? Companionship. Companionship. Yes. So, praise the Lord. So we are all correct. Now, God asked Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And Cain asked, well, God, why are you asking me? Am I my brother's keeper? So the Lord expects that, number one, we should we should show concern about other people. Those are I mean our brethren. 
we should, if you don't see, we should show concern about their whereabouts. So the question is, where is Abel, your brother? Where did you keep him? Praise God. So God expects that fellowship, Christian fellowship should include showing genuine compassion and care about other people. Oh, this brother, where is he? It involves visiting other people, visiting them. I have not seen this person. You can call. Brother, where are you? It is a, a, an expression of the fact that we, we care. Praise the Lord. So God wants us to care. So fellowship involves and includes caring for other people, including knowing their whereabouts. What's happening to this person? You know, even if we see the person, the person is coming to church regularly, regularly. But you, the person, you may be seeing the person physically, but you may not even know the whereabouts of the person. Praise the Lord. So God may still be asking, even though I'm seeing my sister, I'm seeing her, but I don't know what she's going through. And God is like, where is your brother? You know. So part of being our brother's keeper is to care, to show genuine concern for our brethren, for brethren. Praise the Lord. So the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Sister, I don't know if you have contributions you can pray to contribute, man. Praise God. So there are many others. There are many other uh, ingredients uh, or what fellowship involves. Okay, so we'll move faster now. Um, Romans, we can read the scriptures, but because of our time, we have limited time. We may not be able to read all the scriptures. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, Romans 12, 15, and 1 Corinthians 12, 26, essentially talks about the same thing. So let somebody open to Romans chapter 12, verse 15, or 1 Corinthians 12, 26. Romans 12, Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Rejoice with them that rejoice. And weep with them that weep. And weep with them that weep. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12, 26, if you are there, you can read it. You can read it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, someone should also open it. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. Yes. When one member suffers, all mm-hmm. the members suffers with it. Yes. Or when one member is honored, all mm-hmm. the members rejoice with it. Praise the Lord. So, what do we see in that? That fellowship involves from that scripture, those two scriptures Sharing we read. Others, God mm-hmm. And sharing also in their time of joy. Good. That's fellowship. Good. Praise the Lord. So, fellowship also involves rejoicing with brethren who are rejoicing and also when there is you know events that makes you know because we are still in this world we should also weep with those who weep praise the lord that means we should be together both in the times of joy and in the times of sorrow that's christian fellowship very very important so it means that we should not abandon brothers any brother or sister in their time of need. And when uh, they are rejoicing, Christian fellowship requires that we should not envy them, rather we should rejoice because we are one. Praise the Lord. So the, the, the meaning of that is that God sees us as a body. If the hand, if there is a pain in the hand, the whole body suffers. Is that not so? Okay. If there is a solid leg and the person cannot walk, the whole body will rest. So, it means that everybody is a body of Christ. Each member, each one of us, we are members of the body of Christ. And we, we are one. So we should share others' joy and even sorrow. Praise the Lord. 
we should bear one another's burdens. So that's what the scriptures is saying. Sharing, suffering, and rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, let me just speak uh, one more or two more. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. Each of you, not just looking to his own things, okay. and each of you also to the things of others, have this in your attitude, which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay. So what do we see in that scripture? What do we see in that scripture? Praise the Lord. So we see that in addition to that, we see like-minded there in that scripture. We should be like-minded. Being in one accord, those are important elements of fellowship. And then we should demonstrate lowliness of mind, not strife. Praise the Lord. So let me just go. Fellowship involves sharing and partaking together. Okay. The devil destroys brethren easily if he can get them to isolate themselves from the fellowship of brethren. Praise God. So, God does not want any of us to be in isolation. Praise God. Once someone becomes, gets, is running away from fellowship, usually we know that something is wrong. Okay? So, but we'll look at that later when we look at hindrance to fellowship. Now, the second one, 10.2. Who are those that are involved in Christian fellowship? Who are those involved in Christian fellowship? So, let's quickly look at it. Those who are involved in First John chapter 1, verse 3. First John 1, 3. We have already read Matthew 18, 20. So, we'll not read it again. First John 1, 3. Yes. That which we have seen and heard, declare we to you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Okay? John chapter... Um, 14 verse 26. Let's look at John chapter 14 verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. whom the Father will send in my name, mm -hmm. he will teach you all things and you, and will remind you of all that I said to you. Okay, so we see another person there. Who did we see then? The Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Okay, so from there, we can see that Christian fellowship is with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the brethren. So the Godhead and the brethren. Praise God. So the Godhead must not be missing. Otherwise, that will be an ordinary association. It won't be different from any other club. Praise God. So without fellowship with the Godhead, there cannot be fellowship with the brethren. So let's comment on that. Any further comments on that? Those who are involved in the It's only God that can teach us how to love It's only God that can teach us how to share. It's only God that can teach us how to do everything. Okay. okay. I said it's only God that can teach us how to love properly. We might say, okay, without God, we can also love and the rest. But loving properly, 
because God will be the one to um, give us all the measures to be able to love well, so that we will we will not be mixing um, the different kinds of love together. And so we said we should fellowship with the brethren and decided to visit his sister and something happened. It's only God that will teach us how to love well, how to share well and how to do things well. So it is very important to put God, to begin with God, seek him first the focus of God and his righteousness and all other things. So it's always good to put God first before we can do every other thing. So why fellowshipping with the Godhead helps us to fellowship with others because it's only in God that we are taught properly how to love others. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so, yeah, that's Matthew 18, 20. Jesus says, we are two or three are gathered there. In my name, there I am in the midst of them. I want us to quickly read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Hebrews 12, 22. I want us to also see that when we gather together with God, the Godhead, with believers that we see, let's also look at Hebrews 12, 22 to 20, 20 to 24. Very fast. Yes, in KJV, yeah, preferably, so that I can follow. Uh, Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. If you are there, you can quickly read. But ye are come unto Mount Zion. So when we fellowship together, we are come unto Mount Zion, yes? Ye are come unto Mount Zion. And unto the city of the living God. The city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem, yes. And to an innumerable company of angels. To an innumerable company of angels. Okay. To the general assembly. The general assembly, yes. The church, the firstborn, mm -hmm. which are written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, the spirits of just men, made perfect. Mm -hmm. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Praise the Lord. So we we see the 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 uh, scope of our fellowship when we fellowship together. The Bible says we have come to God, the Judge. We have also come to innumerable company of angels. Even when we gather together, God's angels are present. Praise the Lord. Innumerable company of angels. Do we also know that as we fellowship together, we are connecting to heaven? It's not just on the earth. We are connecting to heaven. There are people, saints in heaven, angels in heaven, who are worshipping God day and night. Is that not so? So when we gather together, we just join them. Praise the Lord. So it is not an activity that is just uh, earthly. It is an heavenly activity. So either on your own or when we gather together, we are gathering to we are we are being transported onto Mount Zion, and that is why it is important that the the components of our fellowship should not be things that are frivolous. There are certain things that cannot be entertained in heaven. So if we say we are fellowshiping together, and then we started doing certain activities that are not permitted in heaven, the reason we are doing those activities is because we think that oh it is just among us. Praise the Lord. There are certain jokes or, you know, some things that people do when they gather together, jokes, jests. You can't do that in heaven. If you know that you can't do that in heaven, we will not do it among ourselves. Praise the Lord. So, but immediately we start doing those things, 
we are just disconnected. He said, who are these people coming from here? They want to pollute heaven. God will just, you know, God will not be there. That is why in some fellowship, in some gathering together, they think they are gathering together in the name of the Lord, but they are gathering unto demons because some activities are inspired by demons. And that's why we don't, in such situations, we don't see the power of God. We see strange manifestations of demons. Praise the Lord. So we need to be conscious of the fact that when we gather together, we are gathering together to the Lord. We are, we are joining Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. The church of the firstborn. Who's those whose names are written in heaven. We are joining the saints that have gone on. So it is something that is deeper than what you can see physically. Praise God. So we need to take our fellowshipping together very serious. Hallelujah. So God will help us in Jesus' name. Sorry, sir. Yes. Where did you get Is it in how do we fellowship with the God? No, those involved in Christian fellowship. So I just added Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. So let us know that when we fellowship together, it's not just we, even God is there. Even angels, God's angels are there. We don't, so our fellowship is not directed to angels. It's not that we shall we start say, praying to angels. Or, no, no. I'm just saying that God, God's angels are even on errand. They are there. We are joining God. We are jo- it's like we are transported spiritually to the heavenly realm. Do we understand that? Okay, so that's very important to know that it is a spiritual activity. It's not a carnal or activity. Praise God. So that's why I said earlier, there are some songs they don't sing in heaven. That's why I said that if you are singing, it should be unto the Lord. That's what Colossians 3.16 is telling us and Ephesians 5.19. That we sing psalms and hymns with spiritual, uh, with melody. Singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Because in heaven, singing, songs are directed to the Lord and the Lamb. If you read all the songs in Revelation, it's to God, to the Lamb, not to ourselves. So somebody, when you are now singing to yourself, about yourself, you are disconnected from heaven because that is not permitted in heaven. Praise the Lord. All right, God will help us in Jesus' name. I hope I have answered the question. So let's move to number three. How do we fellowship with the Godhead? Okay, how do we fellowship with the Godhead? Number one, what's number one? By being an offering to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I have it. Say for by the message of God, that you present your body is a living sacrifice. Fully acceptable unto God, which is reasonable. Yeah. So, no, it's okay. So that we will not move into another topic entirely. Second Corinthians five fifteen. Second Corinthians chapter five verse fifteen. And he died for all that those who live should not longer. Praise the Lord. Alright, so being an offering to God, that means the way to fellowship with God is number one, we yield to God. 
because it is an heavenly activity, we are connecting to God, we are connecting to heaven, we are connecting to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. We need to surrender ourselves to God. We need to yield ourselves to God. That Lord, I just come before you. You just present yourself to God. And you know, the, the Holy Spirit inspiring Paul to write. He said, I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God. It means that some people, naturally, if you don't beg them, they will not do something. Is that not so? So, God is begging us through Paul that we just have to present, offer ourselves, our body, our hearts, our minds to God. And he says that that act of presenting ourselves to God only acceptable unto God. He said that is our reasonable service unto God. Some other versions say that that's the act of true worship. It starts with yielding in holiness. Praise the Lord. Then 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that because Jesus died for us, he died for us, that all of us are living, you are living, you know that you are not, you should not live unto yourself. From henceforth, don't live unto yourself. It's not about what you want to do. It's not about the type of song you want to sing. It's not about oh, the type of clothes you want to wear. It's not about anything about yourself. It's about pleasing God, not pleasing yourself. So God requires us to deny ourselves so that we can receive from Him, so that we can be one with Him. So, so what happens is that God has terms and conditions. And we must, without any objection, Agree to those terms and conditions. Praise God. How many of us have tried to install software that you know you need the software? You may be on your computer. You try to install software. You see terms and conditions. And it tells you to either accept or reject. Have you ever tried to reject before? <laughs> so if you reject, if you say, ah, do you even read it? Do we read it? <laughs> Why don't you read it? Why don't you even read it? <laughs> because whether even if you read it, even if there are some things that you are not convenient with, you are like, why is this one there? If you if you reject it, you say I do not say, then you will not have a sort of phrase for. But we will take assets, we don't even bother to read it, and we go on because we need it. In the same light, if we see that we need God, God has terms and conditions. We will also be eager to yield to him and say, Lord, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. We may not even fully understand. We may not even fully understand. But it is as we agree with him and submit to him that we will now be understanding. Okay, okay. But God, first and foremost, requires us to submit and surrender to him. And that's the beginning. Because the truth is that that's the beginning of the Christian life. I'm telling us. That is the beginning of the Christian life. Absolute surrender. That's the beginning of the Christian life. So if there, if we are here and maybe you are, you are still struggling with God. Why are you struggling with God? What is your what do you, what do you want to achieve? What is the point you want to put? Why are you struggling with God? Can you can you clear? 
struggle with its maker, you know, God has to condescend to us so much that and he's begging us. I'm begging you. Submit yourself. Present yourself. Yield yourself. That's the beginning of Christian fellowship. That's the beginning. That's the first thing God requires. Come before him. Surrender. Not just when we even gather together. Even in your daily living. In your daily living. Our daily life should be that of continuous surrendering to God. You have your own will. But you will deny your will. You will say no to yourself. So that you say yes to Jesus. In fact, in fact, you tell us circumstances. You have your own will. The Lord, the, the Lord requires us to be a disciple of Jesus. To say no to yourself. And say yes and that's when Christian life is because it's when we yield ourselves to God that God will now come in Christ will come into us he will now be living his life without struggle you don't struggle with it I pray God will uh, bring us into that realm of absolute surrender to Christ in Jesus name praise the Lord so I don't know if there is any comments on this before we move on so these are, this is very important any comments or questions before we move on Comments? Sister Messi, any comments? Okay, go on. Praise the Lord. So, then number two, right living. Righteous living. How to fellowship with God. God will not commune with iniquity. Praise the Lord. God will not commune with iniquity. So, God requires us to live in a way that is right in His sight. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. 1 John chapter 1, 5 to 6. Sorry, take it again. Take it again, please. Come in. All right, please. This then is a message. Okay, go on. Which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And indeed, it's not darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not be true. Praise the Lord. So, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So, if we want to have fellowship with God, we must also be in the light. Uh, we must also be in the light. So, God requires us as we come to him, as we surrender ourselves to him, he does not want us to hold on to anything that is of the devil. That is darkness. Because in any case, even if you come, the Lord, the light of God will reveal you. And as God reveals yourself to you, then you repent. So, as we come before the Lord and God reveals, because God is light, he shows us who he is, and he shows us who we are. God shows us, he reveals himself as light, as holy, infinitely holy. That's what in the God is light. In him is not darkness at all. And he is infinitely holy. When they, in Isaiah chapter 6, when they are serving, they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The holy is full of his glory. That holy, holy is not that God is three times holy. God is, God is infinitely holy. It's completely, his completeness, completely holy. But now, when God reveals himself to us and that he is light, he will also reveal ourselves. So he will reveal myself to myself, to me. 
Praise God. And I will now discover that I am exact opposite of God. Praise the Lord. That's what happened to Isaiah. Isaiah saw, when he saw the holiness of God, what did he He saw his own depravity. He saw his own wretchedness. And so, when God shows us himself, we must not be pompous before God. We must humble ourselves before God. We must, as God is showing us himself, we must also see, we must be eager to see that our own wretchedness. That is when God can help us. So, Isaiah says, who is me? For I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among people of unclean tongues. You know, he has been prophesying woe in Isaiah chapter 5. The previous five. You see at least about five or six words. So, but as we came to Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah said, woe is me. He denounced himself. I have not been living right. I have not been doing the will of God. I have not been doing what God wants. I have been gossiping. I have been lusting. So the word of God, do you know that encounter revealed God to Isaiah and revealed Isaiah to himself. And so when he, he, he confessed that, he declared that, what happened to him? Did God leave him like that? No. no. God came to his death. God took away his iniquity. You know, the life God was brought to his tongue. He said, and God said, Lo, your iniquity is taken. And your sin purged. That's when, when the Bible says, if we have fellowship one with another, the blood of Jesus Christ is on, cleanses us from all sin. Praise God. So we experience that cleansing as we come before the Lord. And that makes us to, to live a, a life of holiness, a life, fear of God, a, a, a holy fear of God that makes us want to please God, to do what is right in the sight of God. So those are things that the Lord requires. And that, that's how we can fellowship with God. So it was then the Isaiah canal could not hear what God wants him to do. After the purging, the cleansing, so Isaiah could not hear God saying, Who shall I say? Who will go first? And Isaiah could not respond, God, here am I. I'm ready now. Here am I saying. Praise God. God will bring us into that experience of seeing him as he is and seeing ourselves as we are so that we can receive God's help in Jesus' name. So, how do we fellowship with God again? Through Bible study and prayer. Um, through Bible study and prayer. So, Revelation 3.20. Revelation 3.20. Um, okay. Uh, we, I need to, we need to quickly move and fast now. This is, we just have a few minutes. So, Bible study and prayer. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus gave an invitation. I'm at the door. I knock. If anyone hears, open. So that I can sup with you. That supping and whining and dining is like we are a Bible study. Where we study the scriptures is that we are dining with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Psalms 1 verse 2 says that we should also meditate in the word of God day and night. Okay, so that's what we do when we fellowship with God. Then praise and thanksgiving, I've already mentioned that. We, we, we sing praises to God. We thank God. And she's to the Lord. Then Holy Communion. Holy Communion is part of ways we fellowship with God. By share, uh, well, I think we have had a lesson on Holy Communion, right? Have we had a lesson on Holy Communion? Eh? Have we had a lesson on, on Holy Communion? Not yet. Not yet, Abby. Maybe later we'll discuss more on that. So Holy Communion is also part of ways we can. Ma? Communion is 
No, they had the word of God last week. It's like they didn't. They are not following this. Uh, they are not following this. Yes. Praise God. So we will still have time on only for me. So let me not go in detail into that. Then prerequisites for genuine Christian fellowship. A new birth must be born again. We must walk in the light. I think I've already mentioned that. Cover that. Then we must have singleness of heart. Focus. What should be the single purpose we should have? Praise God. What is the singleness of our purpose? What should be our single purpose? What is your single purpose? Just purpose. What's your single purpose? Yes? What's your purpose? Sister Midas, um, right? What's your single purpose? Singleness of our purpose. One purpose. Okay, you think about it. Do you have anything? Okay, you think about it. What is your single purpose? One purpose. Eh? Eh? To serve God. Okay, good. Yes, ma'am. What's your single purpose? One purpose. Hmm? Single purpose. To be like Christ. Yes. To do the will of God. To to live for Christ. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It was a single purpose, one purpose. So what should our one purpose be? To please God and be like Christ. To please God and be like Christ. Praise the Lord. We are all correct. So our purpose is because Christ died for us. Even if you had some purpose, your ambitions you want to live before. But because you saw some someone has died for you, you were supposed to die. And someone now died for you. Then henceforth, the scripture says you should no longer live for yourselves, but unto Jesus who died and resurrected. So our single purpose should be to live for Jesus, to be like Jesus, to please God. Praise the Lord. So that singleness of hearts, we must have it. And then we must have singleness of mind among brethren, thinking alike. Scriptures, we must be biblical. We must seek to know the truth. Not that, oh, this is my own opinion. Oh, I, I think it is this. No, you don't bring your own opinion. And you are not looking for Bible verse to support your opinion. No. You go from the scripture. What does the Bible say about this situation? About this situation. When each of us, when we read the Bible with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will be thinking alike. We know the will of God. Praise God. Then there should be openness as well. Uh, there should be openness. Uh, I mean, we should be open. We should not... That, that there must be a level of trust that we are one among God's people. That's when we can experience the blessings of unity. Praise the Lord. So 10.5. What can break or hinder fellowship? What can break or hinder fellowship? So, essentially, sin. Walking in darkness, as we saw in First John chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. Sin breaks fellowship with God and with the brethren. And um, there are other, okay, there are also sin like gossip, strife, selfishness, envy, stinginess, divisions, cacos among brethren. Those are things that kill fellowship. Praise the Lord. And those are things that sin actually. So the roots of hindrance um, to fellowship is sin. Now, I want to say this that I have observed that one thing that keeps brethren. A brother or a sister from fellowshipping with God's people is sin. 
when I discover that somebody is, is running away from fellowship, I usually sense, and I find out that the person must have been seen has been occupying that person. So if, if sin is occupying somebody, that sin will prevent you from going to fellowship, from gathering together, because sin knows that once it comes to fellowship, the light of God will expose it. Praise the Lord. And the person will tend to want to repent. So sin will try as much as possible. The devil will try as much as possible to prevent you, to make you to ignore fellowship. Praise the Lord. But I also noticed that if we are fellowshipping, regularly we exhort one another daily the scripture says that that there is power in that coming together being exhorting one another day to prevent us from being added by sin let's look at hebrews chapter 3 hebrews chapter 3 verse um verse 12 13. so yeah so i'm picking benefits of fellowship now together. So I'm in benefits of fellowship now. So Hebrews 3, 12 to 13. Beware, brethren. An evil heart of unbelief, yes. In departing from the living God, be exhort one another. But exhort one another. Praise the Lord. So, you see the scripture says this, that there is a great danger, there is a tendency to drift away from God, to be adding through the deceitfulness of sin, because sin has deceit. It has deceit. It tells you, okay, even if you commit me, don't worry, God will forgive you now. So you tend to be deceitful, okay, let me just do it. I will ask for forgiveness. That's deceitfulness of sin. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, the antidote, what we should do, is that we should exhort one another. Well, how many times? Once a week. How many times? Daily. Daily. Why should we do that? Why should we do that, according to that verse? No, according to that verse. Lest any of you be adding to the okay, what yes, James. Lest any of you be adding through the deceitfulness of sin. Praise God. He said, but exhort one another daily. Why it is called today? God is very serious. That's why later on in Hebrews 10, he says, Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. But we should provoke one another unto love and unto good works. Mm. So if we are going to remain on the narrow way that leads to heaven. We must be serious with fellowshipping with one another. Now, it may not be for now, we may not be gathering to come to church every day. But even in your house, among your friends, we must have people that we, ex- we talk to about the scripture every day. Every day, not once in a week. So, is when, you have, when you are reading your Bible every day, and you share, you exhort one another daily, even if sin will not have a place, we sin will not find a, a way to isolate you. What the devil tries to do is to isolate you so that he can finish you with sin. But once you are in fellowship, the devil will not have chance. Praise the Lord. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. There are a lot of benefits of fellowship, mutual love and care, growth and maturity, encouragement. The enemy cannot oppress you because you are in a group. I know what I'm saying because... 
people who are in a group who are together, it is difficult to take one out of them. Praise the Lord. So the same way when we are in, in fellowship with God, the devil finds it difficult to penetrate one of us. Then there is unity, three operations of the Holy Spirit and other places. Praise God. So more importantly is that it shields us. It's like covering for God to do his work in our life. And the devil does not have access to it. Praise the Lord. So our time is fast spent, so we will pray now. But is there any question? Oh, it's already time. But any question or clarification? Contribution. Contribution. Is a chorus. It's a chorus. Chorus, okay. Like a chorus. So mm. we will Google it and know the originator of that song. Okay. Okay, did you Google it? Yes. Okay, so what did you find out? The originator of that song, it's actually someone that is in the world, worldly person, mm. sang the song. Mm. So when he brought out the song, probably a Christian brother heard it and okay. loved it All right. and brought it to the church. Good. I think. What you said is very important. I think I forgot to mention that when it comes to singing, even if there is Jesus in the song, a child of God who has the spirit of God will discern. There will be something wrong. You, it may be clear to everybody as it is Jesus, there's Jesus there. And you will go, they hear your name. They hear your name, this and that. See, that same song, I have problem with it. My spirit does not agree with it. Sorry. <laughs> you know? There are some of these songs. You know, child evangelism fellowship. Mm. You know, we reach out to children. Mm. So that's where the song was played for us, and we saw that we were hailing, we were hailing a human being that was not even properly dressed. Yeah, you know. So that's why I, I, I mentioned it is a serious matter. We must have, we must be with the spirit of God. That is when we will discern all these songs. Your spirit will not just connect. Say no, there's something wrong with this song because the inspiration behind this song is not from God. So God will help us in Jesus. Let's just pray. Let's pray. Let's talk to God, my Lord Jesus. I release myself. I release myself. I want to. I want to be in Your presence. That's the problem. I want to be in Your presence. I want to experience the fullness of the blessing of fellowshiping with God and the brethren. I don't want to be isolated by the devil. I don't want to be, be deceived by sin. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord Jesus. To yield myself to you and to fellowship. All right. In Jesus' name we pray. Sister Blessing, please. Uh, Sister Mercy, please pray for us.
you next minute we are saving to something else. Father, disconnect us from such life in the name of Jesus. Give us a singleness of heart, oneness of purpose. And like the psalmist says, we will not be silent, he will always sing to you. Our songs will always be to you. And help us to cultivate that of making melodies in our hearts to that our hearts will not be left to be thinking thoughts of wickedness and evil, but rather at every moment and at every time of the day, even when we are involved with some physical activities, there will be a connection with our spirit to your throne by making music in our hearts to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.